Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crundle, here today with Tab, liquidator of the ruling class London. How are you doing, Tab? Oh, shit. I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> and Paul... Honestly, liquidating over here. That's you know? right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Paul... Mazovian social economics. <laughs> honest to God, gym teacher Grosskopf. How are you doing, Paul? <laughs> doing well. Um, curling some big weights um, in a abandoned gymnasium and jumping across rooftops with incredible skill um, because I took my pants and my shoes off doing doing good. That's right. <laughs> and special <laughs> guest once again, Taylor Spirit Bomb Carlson. How are you doing, Taylor? Yes, I'm doing great. I'm a member of the Remote Viewers Division. I'm here to solve your paranatural <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> and they're all paranatural. You might think they're not paranatural, but you would be wrong. <laughs> Ron's nickname was going to be Phasmid Investigator, but Ron oh. sadly couldn't join us. Um, he did want us to know, however, and I quote, Measure Head's theories didn't go far enough. So, oof, <laughs> you know. take that as you will. <laughs> uh, no, no, he wasn't feeling well. He he's he regressed that he couldn't join us. He um, was really liking the game. So hopefully we'll hear from him in the future. I should we should give an update. So last week on the podcast we talked. About, I give my big announcement that I got this great job at Sony and everything. But we had some sad news to go along with it that we weren't sure we would be able to continue with the podcast because um, I had heard something, you know, in my kind of onboarding process that, that scared me a little bit and made me think that we weren't going to be able to continue. I've heard quite the opposite now. So I think we will be able to continue, but I want to make a hundred percent sure. So we're going to take maybe a one or two week hiatus while I figure it out, make sure uh, for certain that we can continue without getting in trouble or anything like that. So um, this is going to be our last episode for the month, probably we might record one in two weeks. Part of it too, is I need to get used to the new job and all that stuff, but, um, but we'll, we'll get there. So look ahead, maybe, maybe two weeks, maybe three for the next episode. But today we're talking about Disco Elysium. So this is part two of our Disco Elysium game club. We've all finished. We're all really excited to talk about it, and we have to keep it to about an hour and a half. So we're going to skip our news segment, um, and I think we'll probably mostly skip the what we've been playing because we've mostly been playing Disco Elysium, Disco right? Elysium. Has anyone been playing Disco anything else? Elysium. Just everybody's golf. I mean, yeah, golf yeah. here and there. Yeah, I, I did um, a quick Animal Crossing update. I did get someone to ask me to move or ask me if they should move off the island. It wasn't Boomer, unfortunately. It was, I'm forgetting his name now, but it was this anteater who's like super rich and he's like, I think I might want to move off the island. And I was like, well, you're not Boomer, but yeah, get the, get the fuck out of here. And he responded with something like, oh, you know, it's too bad, but I'll make sure to, to wave from my yacht as I'm pulling away or something. And I'm like, yeah, actually get the fuck out of here. Like, you... <laughs> sounds like some capital that needs liquidation exactly, <laughs> right yeah uh but then i spent like five hours i used 77 nook miles tickets to try to get diana and i still did not get her i've used over 300 tickets at this point i'm starting to to i'm starting to think that like a horrible necktie. She's all in my head and there was no such thing as Diana. She's not a character in Animal Crossing. 
But yeah, so sad, sad update on that part. Cause then I, now I have to collect tickets again. I have to go back to the grind of like slowly collecting, building up this like pile of tickets to eventually kick someone off my island to try again. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've been playing other than Disco Elysium and everybody's golf. So shall we get into it? Any other point, points of order? You want to watch anything fun? I just finished The Boys season three. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I'll chime in for Peter. Apparently, watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Said that it was amazing. Oh, actually, I'm look, I'm he was not expecting it one. to be amazing, but it, 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 apparently, he went because he wanted just to see Disaster Piece. Um, uh, and then was like, the movie was all right, also. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. It's cool to check it out. I also want to see. I just saw the trailer for Wednesday, the new Adams Family show that's coming to Netflix this fall. And I think it looks pretty, pretty awesome, much better than I expected. So I'm actually pretty hyped for that. Did anyone else get a chance to check that out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. I think you're going to like a tab. I think, I think you'll be, you'll be interested, but, uh, okay. So let's talk about some motherfucking disco Elysium. So last time in theory, we were supposed to play up to around day four, day five. There's a specific situation, like a, a point of no return that Taylor you know, mentioned to us, like, this is probably where you want to stop. And I think only one of us made it to that point by last (laughs) time, but this time we've all finished. So, uh, obviously spoilers abound. We're going to talk about the end of the game and choices that we've made, uh, before we get there, of course, if you want to write in and if you've played the game and you have some thoughts, pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com. But aside from that, where should we start? Anyone have any anything there that's jumping out at them? Did anyone get into the shipping container finally? No. I did. Oh, tragic. I did. Oh, good. I, I'm glad somebody did. I, I, this, this was my first instance of save scumming. So, Taylor, you said you recommended that we don't save scum, just play through. As much as possible. In some occasions, right. if you do a little scumming. There was one instance I did save scum as well, but I, I, I'll, I'll save that because I think we're going to get to it. Okay. But um, glad you get in the shipping container. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your game. You can play it however you want. There, there were at least like three spots where I saved scum a number of times because I'm yeah. like, I can't. I can't let that thing happen. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the container was one of them. Or sorry, it wasn't one of them, but it was the first time that I, I thought I'm going to commit to save scumming. I wanted to open it so badly, even though last time, Taylor, you said there's like some lore in there, nothing too important, nothing vital. And every time I went back, it said 3%. And I'm like, it seems impossible, but I, I'm going to try. I'm going to at least spend like 10 minutes save scumming this thing. And I didn't have to. I got it on my second try. And there is a light bending billionaire in there. It's so fucking weird. And I don't know how to process it, especially after the end of the game, because as we talked about before, like my Harry, the way that I was playing him was I I finally found a groove in this second half where the first half I, I got the sense that he was really unstable, really, you know, didn't have a shit together and everyone thought he was like crazy and all these things. So I started to lean into that and then Kim was really disappointed in me. So then I'm like, no, 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 I want to be more like him. I want to be logical and like, I'm going to try to solve things and, and try really hard, but the game is not set up for that. Like we talked last time. So I'm like failing and embarrassing myself. 
but I kept putting points toward things and kept trying to to play the kind of straight and narrow route. And I, that's the groove I, I did end up finding where I learned two things. Number one, kind of to save points in case I needed them. So instead of using them right away, since a lot of times I didn't know what, what I would need them for. So I was just like, I guess I'll throw points toward that or whatever. Um, I would save them. So then if I ran into a situation where it was like, oh, you need more, you know, logic, then I'm like, okay, dump a point into logic. But uh, at that point, by the shipping container, I still didn't really have a sense. But we walked in, and there's this man sitting there. And I see him as like a light-bending person. Like, the screen around his face is like warped, like you would imagine, like space around a black hole or something like that. But Kim doesn't see that. Kim just sees a dude sitting there. And so at that point, I'm I'm still, that confused me, because I'm like, I don't, I'm trying to play straight and narrow, but... My Harry apparently has such, you know, mental health issues that he's seeing things. He's delusional. Um, but the guy gave me a hundred dollars. So I walked out of it feeling pretty okay. <laughs> I don't really know like what the point of it was, but again, I got a hundred dollars that I didn't end up needing or spending, but it was, it was there. I could have. It's, uh, it's, it's super interesting. So, so there is more behind that depending on what you do, but you see, uh, we are all, we are all enlightened. So, socio Mazovin, um, the, you know, so if you are going the capitalist route, um, he unlocks like your capitalist endgame mm. uh, for you. Um, which, so if you play the ultra capitalist, um, so, he will give you, he'll basically ask if you are far enough in your capitalist endgame if you have like a venture capital idea. Hmm. Like he'll be offered to be your investor. Um, so, long story short, you can go buy that, I think, $700 lamp oh, that you can never oh, figure out how to buy in the pawn stuff. <laughs> and uh, then eventually, like, uh, it, it, I won't say it, the whole, the end point just in case anybody decides, oh, I want to go be a capitalist because my, uh, my first round, I, I was sorry, I was sorry, cop, like, communist moralist because apparently i can't be full communist dedication which all right that's fine um but second run i was a pill-popping capitalist um <laughs> and it was a great time <laughs> but yeah so like it, it it just depends yeah see um yeah it, it's a good time i'm glad you got into the container <laughs> what, what i was also a communist um sad cop hold on let me let me pull up my stats here yeah, I was um I was heavily sorry cop with 11 points. Behind that with 4 points of superstar cop, then boring cop and then no apocalypse apocalypse cop. Um I was heavily communist with 15 points. The closest thing was moralist, so with 7 points, so that one wasn't far behind. But I am confused about the good cop, bad cop slash honor stat because Good cop, bad cop, I have 31 points in, and honor, I only have one. What was that about? Does know? Oh, gosh. Yeah, honor cop is about doing certain, like, I, I got honor cop once. Um, there is, like, literally an honor stat, and there's a yeah. couple points where you're like, I'm going to do this, like, for honor, or I'm, oh. like, I'm going to do this. It's, like, more a measure of nobility rather than good or bad. Um, and especially it deals with, like, if, you, you know, being honest, like, when you're doing certain things, even to your own detriment. Yeah, and so. shoving your thumb up your butt in front of every Claire. <laughs> 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 That's honor? honor cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember why. 
what which one of your voices tells you to do it but like you're so honorable like you need to do the honor ritual or whatever and then yeah i shoved my thumb up my butt right in front of him wow. and, and got a bunch of honor points <laughs> <laughs> now now you're so sad you didn't go the honor cop route yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like so, yeah, so much well, fun so what was every everybody's stats like? I, I kind of am expecting everybody to be loosely around those stats. Yeah, I think so. I should have yeah. notes of I what my stats were. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I suppose like what were your political yeah. leanings and capo types? How about that? <laughs> oh, um, communist. Yeah. Uh, I was um, communist as well. So much so that I joined the badass communist book club and kicked ass. And I missed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. No, had a really good time. And I did the reading well ahead of time and like blew their <laughs> minds. And I, I also applied um, communist theory to like the, the Conan the Barbarian like that was it, like Hemdale or Hemdall or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hemdall, yeah. man from Hemdall. Yeah, I, 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 I talked their ears off about that, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's amazing!" <laughs> it was, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm killing this wow. game." It's like and some it was, some grad school fantasy. <laughs> well, exactly. And it was great too because it was the same night that I was supposed to go get my gun, but I'm like, "No, that can wait." I gotta. Oh <laughs> I did the reading. I have to go. I have to go to this place first. <laughs> so apparently, you can finish with without getting those two things. Cause at the very end of the game, there's like a, a series of what seemed to me to be checks where it's like, you did this, you did this, you didn't do this kind of thing. Um, I did get my badge and my gun. Did you guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I decided to see what would happen if I did not get my gun this time. Um, let me tell you, it's a bad idea. Go get your gun. <laughs> um, I, I specifically played, tried to play a foil to what you guys would do, but also like, I always save Kim. I always get my gun because I'm a completionist and I can't handle having the little orange things unchecked, but I let them be unchecked. And let me tell you, it's a massacre. If you do not get it. I think, uh, yeah, if you, so if you feel bad, um, don't worry because it can be worse because if you do not get your gun, I, I, you, I think, lose everybody but two of the Hardys, both Titus and the Gardener die um, wow. right in front of you. Um, and, like, the entire town closes up, which I, I have some interesting things to say about that. But um, I also let Kim get shot. I didn't save him. It, 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 it hurt my heart so bad, especially because I wasn't, I was completionist enough that, you know, I have the Kim trust you, but then the Kim really trusts you. And I had aces high, not even aces low. Like I was full in on Kim. So at that last minute, not to point it out was, oh, it was, it felt awful, but I did it because if you don't save Kim, you can recruit Kuno, and what? Kuno joins you for. Oh my for, God. And I've never what? had that happen, so I had to try it. So he joins you for most of it. So he's in the building with you when you wake up. Um, and once you leave the whirling and rags, he's like, oh, "I'm gonna go. I'll meet you on the island." So you can't talk to everybody with Kuno, but then for the island and for your check-in conversation it's kuno instead of kim (laughs) very different tone we'll put it that way (laughs) and because like things have to go pretty wrong for kim to get shot um i think it's kind of a it's a less feel-good ending i'll put it that way um because you do not have kim to take a camera of a certain Mm -hmm. beast 
Um, and Kuno about gives himself an aneurysm, like yelling at your old partner, like, why don't you believe him? You don't understand. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's, but, um, that's, that's, just yeah. fuck that guy, the old partner. Did anyone have yeah, any thought? Uh, I hate that guy. I hate him so much. Jean Vicmer. Yeah. He's, um, Fan fiction tries to redeem him. I don't think it succeeds because Jean McMahon <laughs> is just a, you know, like Jean McMahon is Evie and then you got all the other Evie Lucians that are all better than him and literally every single other cop in the station. Well, because part of my problem with him is that he he doesn't listen to anything. So he's just so hell bent on shitting on you and someone will point out, well, but this thing and he's like, no, who cares? Like, fuck it. It was to the point where <laughs> last time we talked about the voice acting and I was like, such great voice acting. And it's like. This guy who recorded it is probably a perfectly fine, but I hate the guy who did the voice too. I'm like, fucking shitty voice actor. Because I hated the character so bad. So I'm like holding it against the voice actor. But yeah, I did not like that guy. And like at the very end, he sort of softens a little bit and he's like, I don't remember what he says, but something like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll have you back or something. And I'm like, I don't get, get out of here. Like Kim's approval is all that matters. Like he is my partner now. Who recruited Kim, by the way? I recruited him. Yeah. yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Got to recruit Kim. Yeah. yeah. So, so exciting. So, I we talked about last time that they're probably not going to make a sequel to this, and I totally understand. But in my headcanon, that other guy is out. Jean is out. And Kim's <laughs> uh-huh. in. Kim's my new partner. Well, let me tell you, I have good news, which is 99% of fan fiction authors agree with you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't worry, you can continue to read about the adventures of the RCM and uh, Kitsuragi and Dubois. <laughs> I will. I'm going to have to look up a YouTube video for the Kuno stuff, though, because Kuno, I I still don't like him, but I came across a lot of the information that you were talking about, Paul, last time, um, hinting about like his dad, you sneak into his apartment to steal the drugs, and his dad is just worse probably worse off than harry was in terms of alcoholism and drugs like he can't even he's basically in a coma and you see i think one of the most touching things is you see kuno's homework on the desk like half finished and i think that was heartbreaking because it showed that he tried or he at least started um and so below that veneer is a kid who probably wants to be normal but he's he has to react so violently against his his home situation that he's like becoming this other character. And that's why there there was a point too with Kuno where you say something about you should become a cop or something, but you have to say it when you're when you have like the private conversation and and Kuno S can't hear you. Um and I don't remember what he said. I think he said something like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I might be good at it or something. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen with that kid, but I, by the end, I I did feel a lot more sympathetic or empathetic. But one of the funniest, there were several laugh out loud parts for me, and one of the funniest was with Kuno. So I finally got the body down, and I was doing the autopsy. And during the autopsy, Kim says uh, contusions are present on the head, chest, and thighs, consistent with stones thrown post post mortem, low velocity. And Kuno gets really angry and he says, fucking low velocity. You think Kuno doesn't know what you're talking about? Velocity was fucking max talking shit about Kuno's velocity. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and then you can velocity change it. is maximum. You can change it on the paperwork as well, which is great. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yes. <laughs> Little yeah. shit. I, I am curious. Like, I'm curious, um, especially because I can follow up this information since I did the Kuno Pass. So thank you for validating that I didn't let Kim get shot for nothing. Um, Kim lives, by the way. The game is like, oh, yeah, he's alive. Okay. Like, oh. um, he, he, so you don't let Kim die. You just let Kim go to the hospital because even the Elysium couldn't do that to Kim. Um, but yeah, what did everybody else think of Kuno? Yeah, I mean, initially I thought it was a, you know, a little fucking shit, but, you know, getting more of, like, the background, the family life, I felt some empathy for him, but he's still kind of a little shit, you know? <laughs> the little shit maximum. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... High velocity. I, I feel the same way. I feel, I felt really bad for him, and, like... He is, he is like a, he is like a frustrating character <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I had a hard time, you know, once I learned about his, his home sitch, um, being too, too mean. And also like later in the game, I stopped seeing him because you spend so much time by that sort of area in the first, for me at least in the first chunk of the game. But once I did his quest line, once I got the body down and, and did everything and then sent the body off, I wasn't going back there as often, so I, I didn't really see him in this. Yeah, this big, the second half of my playthrough. Did you guys uh, ruin Locust Town, Night City? Yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to because I wanted to help Lena. Because mm-hmm. you have to ruin yeah. it to take the the bugs to go put them back in the trap, right? Mm-hmm. Which can yeah. can we talk about that? Can we talk about the phasmid? Because oh, man. the best part yeah. ever. One oh, of my, my favorite oh. parts of the and and that seems like unavoidable. Like everyone gets that part, right? I'm assuming. No, <gasps> no. What? And that's, that's why it, it, it was so hard to not say it. But no, you can absolutely miss the phasmid if you give up on the phasmid <gasps> or if you do not take the quest to the end. So like it is. It's actually it's actually very nice that this entire group did get the phasma <laughs> because I think that the game's experience is really really different without that moment. So I'm really curious to hear what you all thought of the phasma and like how it kind of plays into the ending and themes of the game. Earlier today, um, after I finished the game, I was just doing some quick like Google search on various things, including the phasma, and there was this YouTube video, and they were like, "I missed this like 97 percent check." And missed out on like the best part of the oh game. My and I was God. like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> see, that's one of those where I would have said, "I would have been like, 90 seconds, get the fuck out of here, don't restart." Yeah. That's Go bull. Back. Yeah, that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I I liked Lena so much, and I felt so close to her story with her husband, and and how, and she started doubting it, and she's like, "Well, my memory," and. I agreed with Kim. So Kim was like, was sick of my shit for a good portion of the middle of the game. And that was one of them (laughs) was he was so miserable at having to run around with me and check these traps. And he kept making comments about it. And then at one point he said something like, well, this is it. This is the last time. Like, no, you know, no more. And then you're in one of your internal voices says something like, you get the sense that he's not, he's not playing around. Like if you try to make him go on one more adventure, he's going to find a way to like end it. So we went back to the, the, um, whirling rags and I, I report back to Lena and her husband and, and she's like, my husband's sick and you know, I, I might be making it up and you're, and I'm like, don't worry, I'll go check the traps one more time. And Kim's like, we will. And I'm like, ah. so I felt so bad. So that night I, I parted ways with Kim. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to bed. And Kim, you know, went off to his room and I went and checked the traps by myself because I'm like, 
I feel so, I feel so invested and I feel so bad for this woman. So yeah, I went and checked the traps and, um, but I, but I agreed with Kim in the sense that I thought that they were probably fake. I was like, you know, the, the longer I had played, the more logical my brain was kind of taking the world in. It started out, I thought it might be kind of supernatural. There might be some paranormal stuff. And then the longer I was there, I was like, no, 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 no. Like this is a, a very realistic, fantastical, but like realistic, logical world. And so I didn't expect when the fucking phasmid started moving, I legit like shrieked, not shrieked, it was a little, little dramatic, but I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then... <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I'm probably seeing it. I'm probably, this is probably another like light bending billionaire thing. And so you ask Kim, you're like, are you seeing this? And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and he's the one that's like, I'm not going to be one of those people who doesn't take right, a picture. Right. <laughs> so good. And like when, when he pulls out the camera and he has, you know, one picture left, I was expecting like something to go wrong. So yeah. when you actually get the picture and you bring it back, you're like, it was it was real like it and i can prove it yeah right. but it's also such a great moment because they're like oh, should we hire you back it's like i solved the case and also i found this and they're like oh my god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just you're you're blowing their minds <laughs> it's so it's so good <laughs> but i also love that kim is still super highly logical in that moment like you see this and you're like oh my god and i love that the because i thought when he took the picture, the flash was going to scare it away. Or I thought when I was reaching up to touch it, it was going to like bite my hand off or like run mm -hmm. away. No, it like let me pet it and like touch it. And it was talking to me and everything. And then we finish and I'm like, Kim, did you see that? Oh my God. Did you, do you think it was a, and he's like, no, it's probably, it's an invertebrate. And like maybe it can do this. And I'm like, what, what do you it just saw this magical creature that was like speaking to me. Um, but then again, I don't know if it was actually speaking or if it was just telepathic, I think it was real no matter what it was, but I'm not sure I got the sense that Kim was hearing it now that I think about it. I don't think that he no, was, he but I think that that plays into the whole, like the effect that the phasmid has on the, um, the deserter. Right. So like hallucinations and a little bit of mind control stuff or influence. So that I think like um it's a high inland empire check and it's the same as if you talk to the corpse um when you got a high inland empire yeah. that like it's not exactly that it's real but it's kind of playing on the bleeding edge of like just because something is paranormal or like cannot be explained like is it real because the hunches that you got from talking to the hanged man were correct yeah. you, know, you can't explain love and, you love can't and explain communism. it yeah, yeah. love and communism yeah. did him in which is i mean devastatingly accurate but i think for me um like i i like to read and write children's in ya because i think that in your heart when you do that you have to be hopeful like you have to have hope mm. to like that and i think in this game like it is so unrelentingly dark but it, and it's dark in the way that it's real it's dark in the way that you have a kid like kuno who like the, the first time he meets you he thinks it's funny to say that like you're raping him mm -hmm. and i mean like that's that's grim like that kid is not okay and then you just like you keep unfolding parts of the world and it's just as bad like you're an alcoholic you're constantly having suicidal ideation so to have i think this game come through in this moment that like there was a really illogical thing there was something that was so impossible that even people who like loved you didn't think that you could do it but if you stick to it past all logic if you stick to it to the very end like you get that reward like it's possible and it's real and i mean since the game is all about like addiction i mean 
mm-hmm. and it was written by an addict, it's really hard not to draw parallels saying, you know, like you stuck it out. And like, even if people don't believe you, even if people who like you don't believe you and are angry, like it's a, it's not about reality. It's about perseverance. And that will become reality no matter how wild it sounds. Cause then you boil it down, right? Kim boils it down. It's an invertebrate. It does mm-hmm. the specific thing with chemicals and it sort of takes the magic away. Yeah. But you couldn't take the magic away until you saw it until like the trick was done. Right. You know what I mean? So like for me, it's the game without the phasmid is I think so much less good or, or it's just a different ending. Cause I think it's a sad ending. Even if you complete the case, like mm-hmm. there is no magic. There is just, you completed the case at the 12th hour. It was too late to stop most of what was going to happen. Like, but the phasmid I think changes everything. Yeah, it's such an unexpected, magical moment. And like, it's one of those moments in games where you can really only experience it once. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, you can't replicate that easily. Um, I was just so shocked and in awe. And I was just like, ah, this is amazing. <laughs> but it is, it's that like, like you said, that reward, that little bit of light at the end, like, yeah, there's all this shit behind you and you're going to have to go back into the shit, but also like there's magical things in the world too. Well, it's it's funny too that like you bring up the sobriety and phasmid parallels because it literally kind of congratulates you on your sobriety where it's like keeping your shit. I know how hard keeping your shit together is and I just want you to know <laughs> that I appreciate it. And I'm like, the phasmid's nice on top of being you know, cute Super and real. Nice, yeah. It's also really <laughs> empathetic and like gets what I'm going through. Oh my God. And it, yeah. And you have a conversation. It's like, what's it like to be you? I'll tell you what it's like to be me. Oh yeah. It was, it was lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very cool. I loved its voice. It wasn't, it doesn't have the same accent, but it reminded me of Bjork. You know, she oh, has like yeah. a very like pixie-ish kind of ethereal way of speaking. Um, and yeah, she, she was so sweet. And I especially didn't think it was real because the, the guy on the island, the killer, didn't see her. Uh, and we know why after the, the revelation, but that's why I was expecting Kim to be like, I don't know what, because uh, every other time, in the game when you're like, Kim, are you seeing this or something? Kim's like, no, I'm not seeing anything. You know what I mean? So I, th- I thought that was, and that's why I thought it was so funny that he still in this one instance, he's seeing this gigantic creature um, that's having this, this mind controlling effect on this man and like deteriorating his brain and all this stuff. And he stills just so logical, like, like it's, it's amazing, mm-hmm. but let's just stay within the realm of reality. Um, right. One thing that I would like to mention real quick is I think it's interesting the trajectory of this conversation because last week, I forget who it was that asked, but um, there was the question of like, what are you expecting or what are you hoping out of the end of the game? And I know some of us mentioned like, oh, figuring out like what Harry's journey is going to be and then like solving the mystery. Solving the mystery doesn't really matter at the end, right? Like that's not the most like amazing aha kind of moment. It did feel good, though. I it did feel really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it felt very good. <laughs> yeah, totally. That like, because like at the end, by the time you solve the mystery, like you didn't solve it in the nick of time, and mm-hmm. you actually f- couldn't have probably really you you can't get to the island beforehand. I tried a lot. Um, I'll t- I'll tell you more about that later. But that's why I always get really confused when the marketing for Disco Elysium is talking about you as a cop, like. 
You as a cop is that's really the least interesting thing that's going yeah. on it, in it, Disco it, Elysium. It is a lot, though. I have to say, it's a lot of cop shit. Like, yeah, 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 things. absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a lot of cop shit. But I'm, for me, I'm just like you know, I'm more interested in Harry's relationship with it. I think. Um, uh, the other thing, you know, like if we're talking about like meta, you know, the whole thing is metaphors, like even the politics is a metaphor that um, was the answer to the mystery satisfactory. Like how was the man like, you know, like at the end, it turns out to be like it was a guy that you never knew and you never could have known until like mm-hmm. really most of the stakes had been. So like, how was that for you guys? I, I was sort of mixed because when I if I take a step back and or if you're like I hadn't played it and you told me that that's how it ended up I would have been like that's a bullshit ending like that's not how mysteries good, good mysteries end you don't you know have someone trying to un you know unravel this mystery throughout an entire novel and then the last twenty pages say ah it was none of those characters it was an old dude on an island <laughs> <laughs> but as Tab was saying it didn't matter to me like that's that wasn't the resolution I was looking for I did feel really good that I solved it. Especially since from like there were certain certain things where I didn't know who it was, but I was suspicious that the shot didn't come from the balcony and all that kind of stuff. So I I felt self-congratulatory in the sense that I was like, I knew something was up. I knew it wasn't as clean cut as it seemed, but the reward was not, ah, I'm such a genius. I'm such a great detective. I figured this out. It was in all of this other stuff in the phasmid in how I spoke with that guy and then how Kim praised me afterward for one of the things Mm -hmm. he praised me for. And I feel like this is probably one of those like variables that changes, but he said he can, he can get anything out of anyone. Like when in talking to them, he's like, he's, he talks to a suspect and he can get the truth out of them no matter what. And I was like, thank you, Kim. I appreciate that. Even though I didn't succeed in every instance and there were certain people like Kuno that, we're like, I don't feel like I fully cracked him or even the killer. I, I did not get him to admit to the second killing. Um, I got him very close and I even said something like, well, you may have not admitted it, but I know better. Like I, I know up here in my head or whatever. Um, but it was, there was just so much. I, I think it's, it's speaking to exactly what you guys were saying. It's not the detective story that I'm invested in. It's all of this other drama and that felt rewarding to me. So the, the loose on paper ending of it's not Ruby. It's not uh Klasha, It's not anyone. It's not Titus and the Hardy boys. It's this random dude sounds disappointing, but I, I was fine with it. How about you guys? Well, uh, yeah, I, I was also fine with it, but I also think it's very fitting of the world because this world is just so like bizarre and all over the place and dark that like, I mean, just like Taylor was saying, there was no way that you could have met this guy sooner. And yeah. somehow that fits yeah. the reality that is this game. Well, um, I, I liked it for a similar reason, too. One, I think there are, like, mystery structures where I find that kind of reveal satisfying. Like, Seven is a really great example of that, mm-hmm. where the killer ends up representing more, more than just like, it's like who done it, which one of these people they represent sort of these forces that are brewing in the story that suddenly like surface and having this old, like vengeance driven, you know, communist from the revolution, like representing all this history that's informing like the political forces, the supernatural forces, the personal sort of drama going on, especially if you're a raging communist like me in the game, um, having, <laughs> That character sort of emerge at the end was, I think, actually satisfying in a, in, a, in a lot of ways and 
really interesting. And yeah, I also, I, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't like I felt, I didn't feel the excitement of like catching him and that like, Oh, it's him. I'm there in front of him. And I made this all happen. No. Cause as you say, you're, you're sort of corralled and paced out to that moment. So you can't like just go there right away and be like, I knew it was you, but it was awesome. Like there were some great moments, like the footprints in the hallway. I had not been able to pin that to anybody. So it was amazing to finally go like, it was this guy. And then his shoes are slightly different, but I'm like, wait, but you changed shoes. And he's like, yeah, I changed shoes. And I was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> you know, or um, that moment I talked to Joey about this last night, but when you lay on the mattress and you just see Klaji's room across the way and Harry goes, motherfucker. <laughs> like there's some really, ah, oh, there's some really good moments attached to it. So like, I, I enjoyed that, but yeah, again, you don't, as you say, you don't solve it in time. Like the the things still happen, but that's that's also part of the yeah the experience too. It's a very it's a very bittersweet <laughs> package, and yeah, it would be weird if you could just tidily wrap things up. It's um it, it's actually interesting. So when I played this through, I kind of realized uh, something about the main character, but it brings in some other themes. So I have like a follow up question. I'll t- I'll tell you the question I'm going to ask in a second, so that you can percolate on it. Because my question is going to be, what do you guys do when you got into your clip file and you found the gum wrapper and you found the card? Like, how did you handle that? Um, but when I was listening to this guy, um, I chose to do a run in which like I never drank, but I had cigarettes. And if you consume cigarettes, drugs, like anything, the game counts you like as an addict. So you do not get the clean ending, like even if you just smoke cigs. Um, so one of the things that happens to you is that when you dream, um, you will you have a dream of your ex-wife who appears to you as Dolores Day. And in the course of this dream, they tell you because you're not sober, you have this dream every night now. Every night you're going to dream about the worst moment of your life. And it's terrible. Like, sorry, welcome to it. Like, you you know, your shit sucks um, because you can't, you can't let it go. So like, even if you let go of everything, but you're not sober, it will continue to haunt you. Um, and so this dream happened to me. It happens right when you meet um, the killer. And uh, it's interesting because the killer, it's almost like Harry in the future. But instead of not being able to let go of his ex-wife, he just wasn't able to let go of communism. I mean, like, like this idea that even, you know, was for the reasons that he was it could have been a defensible idea but he took it to a place of absolute utter insanity where it destroyed him and did no good for anybody and in fact was so twisted and warped that it did active harm um and so it's interesting because it's like that's what's going to happen to you if you don't do this, like it doesn't matter how right you are. It doesn't matter how noble you think this is. It doesn't matter if you think you can handle it like you can't. And this is your future. And Kuno's dad is your future. Like you see your future and past selves like so much in this game, you know, like Kuno is your past. Uh, So that kind of, you know, if you haven't made certain choices, like, so it's devastating. So I'm curious, like, how did you guys handle your ex-wife? Because I know I, I was completionist the first game and I'm like, well, I have to get all the dialogue options to my great detriment. Oh. Like, I didn't know when to not stop poking. Um, so, yeah. How do you guys handle your, your ex-wife? 
Well, I, I still had that dream and I was sober. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Mm. And I still had the dream. But did you open the clip? I opened. I did. Did you, open did the you clip. read yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, did that I? Must trigger Hold on it a too. second. So I think I did. Or maybe, maybe I didn't. So I found gum, right? Do you find, what else do you find in there? Maybe I'm missing. Yeah. Did you read the yeah, card and pass card, out yeah. and get like what you thought was an end game, but then you like, you'd fainted no, I, in the I, back I didn't of the get car? That, no. I'm interested as to why you got the dream then. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not checking my well, mind against a wiki well, or anything. I, think I didn't smoke or drink. And at the very last, when you have the option to take a nap, you're the, bleeding the, out. Yeah. The <laughs> eyelid or whatever. Yeah. And you're bleeding out. Yeah. I had that. That's when I had the dream too. Same. Also, as Same. a point of clarification, were they actually married? Because I thought when you talked to your partner, they were just like they were not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they're not. Yeah, she's not your wife. You just dated, and then for six years after your breakup, you're like, oh, why? <laughs> yeah. Which if it was if the breakup was anything like what I experienced in the dream, I mean, I get why I would be traumatized for six years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that, that was rough because I I also went through a breakup about six years ago, and I've had similar issues, not nearly as dramatic or serious as his, but. Um, like with the dream and everything and like him not being able to let go and there being this class issue as well of like she broke up with you because she was middle class and the implication being that you're like lower class and she pressured you into becoming a cop. You were perfectly happy seemingly as a gym teacher running around and with your giant biceps and everything. But um, <laughs> but you just you know, she wanted you to be a cop probably to increase your station. And that still wasn't good enough. And apparently she had broken up with you once before and then like came back to you crying and saying, I'm sorry, I want you back. And then she broke up with you again. So like, and then I think Jean, I think it's Jean at the end of the game that has a specific line. That's interesting because he says, did the substance abuse come before the, the breakup or after it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. And Harry doesn't seem to know. So that mm -hmm. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like you can kind of do your own reading In my reading. It didn't like the, the substance abuse came after because he was so heartbroken and he was looking for a way just as they sort of imply with the self-imposed amnesia where he's he's trying he can't find a way out of that maze. So he just just keeps making himself forget. He keeps blacking out on purpose. So that's how I was taking it. But did you guys take it a different way? Like, were you guys like, it must have been the partying that broke them up. I'm, I'm curious how you read to, to add on to that question of how you reacted to her. I'm curious if you read the situation differently of like, Harry fucked it up. Harry was the one. Or if I'm just projecting because I'm looking back at my own past and feeling differently. I felt that it was kind of a mix. I mean, obviously she had this like, pressure that she was placing on him and in him trying to appease her he was becoming less and less himself if that makes sense but then also like his way of maybe dealing with that was turning to substances so i think that like they probably just were not compatible <laughs> um but unfortunately it seemed to uh i don't know really fuck him up the most yeah, and I have I have looked it up, and I'm going to fact check myself before all of your listeners do. Um, <laughs> the uh, The dream occurs if the church is entered and the stained glass window of Dolores Day is seen. 
So it had nothing oh. to do with sobriety. I'm totally oh, wrong. Shit. I don't know if there's like a separate okay. bit that says like that you're more or less susceptible for the dream or like if if your drug use has anything to do with it. Right. Um, but I was wrong. Sorry about that. Oh, um, wow. Don't come at me, Discoilies and fact checkers, please. <laughs> I corrected myself. Well, did, did you guys find you? Did you guys offer her the figurine? No, I didn't. I didn't buy. I forgot yes. to go back and buy it. She's like, get away from me. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried. She's like, uh, she's like, why would I want that? And then I yeah. was like, oh, it was to, it was supposed to win you back. She's like, that's not what figurines are for. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, so you're yeah, balling at that point. You offered to her in the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ah, okay. Yeah. After yeah. the failed, yeah, the after the failed kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, that kiss was she just so turns awkward. away. <laughs> I, 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 could, I couldn't do it. The, I, I did a letting go of Dolores Day, letting go of my ex-wife Dora run, um, which was really positive. I actually think it's interesting because um, all the political things in the game are super interesting, and I think my favorite thing about it is that like you follow any of the political tacks to their conclusion, and it just ends up making fun of you hmm. somehow. Um, there's no right answer. There's no right political faction. Um, it just makes fun of you the hardest if you go fascist because that is the wrong option. I, you know what? I well, and Taylor, <laughs> let me know if I got all the way to the end game because I got to the end of the the book club thing and yeah, I, you did. I brought up like the like the woman troubles or whatever because I failed a check to end it and i and it was like it, something is like it was a question i asked at the end of the conversation like um is the proletariat like women or whatever or some weird thing that harry brought <laughs> up it's like what and, and then they were they, they were like what are you talking about and then they gave like me like really good advice about the situation <laughs> yeah and that was the end of it and so like i i didn't leave that going oh i'm an idiot i was like oh those guys are really nice to me <laughs> no uh, i think i think i mean more like um like there's no political ideology that um is like touted as like this was the right one to go for because um i think you know being really cognizant that reviewing the game through an american framework and the eastern european framework i mean like fuck communism right. um nobody feels more strongly about that then you know like you know you want to talk about eastern europe you want to talk about the vietnamese you know like because i think here in america like because of the red scare a lot of people use communism and socialism like interchangeably um and so i thought this game was really interesting and that it definitely did not treat them that same way and i think sometimes because we haven't had that experience with communism that like you know i can just bandy around the words where sometimes if like i've talked to like a vietnamese friend and they're like fuck communism fuck communism and i'm like oh i got the you know mazo socialist but anyway the reason i bring this up in the case of dolores day is because if you want to talk about um Politically, every single faction is responsible for some sort of genocide and killing a whole lot of people, right? But there is this creepiness to Dolores Day in the window. If you hear about her, um, and there's sort of like this dark side. So I think that Harry's ex-wife that wasn't a wife was kind of a dick. Yeah. If I'm reading Dolores Day correctly, like mm. it's one of those people that like to everybody else, I think she probably seemed like really nice and really normal and people liked her, but like and I'm sure that Harry was also terrible. Just from like <laughs> the small bits of conversation you get that you are the most needy son of a bitch <laughs> throughout that relationship. Like I don't have time to tend to your emotions, Harry. Um, <laughs> but like the I think that the creepiness that lies beneath Dolores Day is 
really interesting and not something that's talked about. You know, you talk about milk toast like politically, you know, like, oh, let's like continue the status quo. But the whole time the game is like, that is an actively violent decision. And everybody calls you on it. And that's wild to me in a good way. Did you guys talk to her on the phone? There's a payphone on the boardwalk and you can call people on it. And when you pick it up, you just dial random numbers. And I did that mm-hmm. once and I got like some person who was like, who's this for you shocking to? And I was like, I guess I'll come back to this. I went back to it later, called another random number, got someone who was like paranoid about not paying money back to someone. And I fucked with them a little bit, called another random <laughs> number and I got someone, I don't remember what it, what that one was, but it was some, some other kind of random number. And then something clicked and you could do a roll to tap into your unconscious and and just dial the numbers that your unconscious is telling you to dial. I did that and I passed the roll and it dials her number. And so you call her and you wake her up in the middle of the night and she's like, wow. Harry, like, what are you doing? Like, you, it's you again. Like, this is not the first right. time you called her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was like heartbreaking because I feel like that was the moment for me that I really realized like what is going on and that this is like an ongoing thing. This is not some like I got my heart broken and there are these remnants that are like tickling something. No, 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 no. He's been like struggling with this and like probably harassing her in a way since, you know, um, especially during these benders. But at this point, like I was doing it because I didn't know. But again, there's that question of like, is that self-imposed? And it seems like the answer is yes, is that when it gets too hard, instead of killing himself, because that's an option that we, we talked about at the beginning of the game. Like he kept putting his gun in his mouth before you start playing and saying like, I want to end it. I want to end it. His choice, I think internally is, do I end it or do I just wipe the slate clean and start over? And he seems to always choose that. But um, I'm hoping that now he has Kim in his life. That'll provide some stability and he can work towards <laughs> healing. Yeah. Cause that's another thing is Kim is so proud of you for being sober at the end of the game. And he's like, he, cause he vouches for you. Cause you say something like, I haven't touched a drop. And Jean is like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe you. And Kim's like, no, actually I've been with him. He hasn't, he hasn't done a drop. And he like, you know, so, but Jean doesn't believe it still doesn't. He's like, ah, whatever. And that's what I mean. Go ahead. Paul, well, cause sorry. at one point he's like, I can smell the booze yeah. coming yeah. off you or whatever. And, it's like, what are you talking about? And in fairness to Jean, and this is the last time I will defend him because yeah, he is a jerk. <laughs> But I, uh, so I'll get onto the yeah. defending Jean no, party well, with you. Like, yeah. I don't like him, but I'm like, if you like, I get the impression that Jean, like, it, like he's believed in him too many times, and yeah. like his well believed his his, yeah. his his fucks have gone dry. Yeah, um, that, that's that, a, that said, it's not helpful. Because well, well, that, well, that, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I can say that knowing him for a week, I'm like, this guy seems like an asshole. But like. If this has been going on for years and every week is like this week, you know, I can see why Sean would be like, oh, my God, like, we can't, how many times are we going to go through this? And like, what other kinds of things has Harry done? You know, that's that's ridiculous. So, yeah, I, 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 I can appreciate that angle of it. I do think he's a bit of a he's still a jerk. Well, yeah, um, though it is telling, though, that he's really nice to like other people like him, for example. Without knowing him, he's not like that prickly with him, you know, anything close to how he is with Harry. So maybe he's just been worn down. I don't know. I don't My know. question yeah. then is like, why is he sticking around then? You know what I mean? Like he could leave. He doesn't have to be on that task squad. He just stays around and he's not being helpful. You know what I mean? Like if you're so sick of it, 
go somewhere else. You're complaining is not doing anything, you know? But I think he still cares, though. I mean, that's like what the, the ending shot of him helping you when you're limping okay, and he like that, puts his arm under yeah, you and he gets to the yeah. car. That was pretty, okay. When I saw that, I was a little, softened. I softened a tiny bit. A little bit of a crack <laughs> okay, all that. If I it it's, it's powerfully symbolic. Like, I, I was moved it when is. I saw him start helping me. I was like, uh, even that yeah. guy is like helping me. So yeah, I, I, I'll give him that. I think they are like really codependent though. And I think like, it's like, like Jean Vicmer didn't help us. Kim helped us. Um, and like Kim doesn't put up with your shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he will call you out. He will not be happy with you. But I think that, um, like there's a reason why Harry got worse and it wasn't just him. Cause I mean, think about it, if, if Jean Vicmer is with you like 24 seven, like, of course you tell him to like fuck off. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're cramping my style. Cause like even, you know, the other two cops that were there, they didn't take it so personally. So I think it definitely like, but they were like, like at the end. I'm sure Jean was just like rubbing salt and squeezing lemons into Harry's alcoholism. You know, right? But they weren't like weren't they partners though? Like I yeah. wonder if yeah. that closer relationship. Yeah, they were way makes closer. Them, yeah, you yeah. Know, like and again, Kim and I never want to imagine that Kim could end up like Jean, and I don't believe it. Not for a second. Yeah. No. Nope. But in fairness, Kim was there for like a week, and I was pretty good that week. I was around for that week. <laughs> I behaved myself pretty well. So he had a reason to respect me and be kind to me as well. Okay. But speaking of the the only checks that I had to save scum, sorry. Speaking of, did any of you guys ever actually manage to make Kim mad at you? Because I think there is one thing in the game that will, and I saved Scott. I, I couldn't do it. I had to watch the dialogue on YouTube, I, and even then, I regret it. I don't think he was ever, like, legitimately mad at me. <gasps> yeah, I think so. I think there were several times where he got really annoyed with me. Um, Definitely frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of the parts that I thought was super funny was when you climb up onto the roof to go into that old dilapidated building, and at that point, Kim's <laughs> already annoyed at you. But you're like, (laughs) how do we get up there? And Kim's like, you're going to get hurt. Just don't don't do it. And I decided to teleport up there because it seemed like the only option. And Mm -hmm. you you do it. You tell you hear the sound effect and everything. And Kim's like, for the record. And it doesn't sound like he's joking. He sounds like he's really he's like, for the record, you didn't teleport up there. You just climbed with your eyes closed. (laughs) And then. (laughs) I get into the building and like, he's like, make sure to let me in before you do anything. So I get in the building and he's standing at the door. You can see him at the bottom of the screen. And I go over and, uh, and like interact with the door and I choose, I don't know why I chose this, but I said, who's there? (laughs) And he said, what do you mean? Who's there? It's me, Kim. Stop playing around and help me get the door open. (laughs) So like, that's about as close as like him getting mad at me. I think it got, but, but what's this? So you guys didn't, Paul and Tab, you didn't seem to get that. He never got mad at you guys either, right? No. I, I mean, not like super, super mad. No, he, um, he'd be like weird speaking, out, but not mad. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. And like just frustrated and generally annoyed with my ineptitude. Um, but speaking of that moment where you're in that building and he's at the door, when I was playing, I was clicking and like it wasn't giving me the option to like open the door. So I was like, fine, bye, Kim. And so. I went up through the tunnel and like the buzzing shit started. I died. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you die if Kim's with you. Oh, <laughs> Kim's hilarious. not with you for that. <laughs> like, yeah. if the game punishes you, it's like, yeah, that's what you fucking get. Wow. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> that, that was a. Uh, 
<laughs> I um, it was a a super great moment. Um, and really, frankly, terrifying. Um, but no, I uh, if if Kim gets if Kim can get mad at you if you fail a really weird check. Um, which is if you succeed the check to dance. I don't know if you guys got to the dancing part of the church um, where you can dance. Mm-hmm. Oh no, gosh, no. the church storyline. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys about that later, but long story short, if you move the kids on the tent into the church and you get them playing their anatic dance music, you will have an option, which is a pretty high savoir faire, however you pronounce it, um, to dance. And once you start dancing, you can corral other people into a dance party with you and you can get Kim to dance. Hey, uh, and of course, like, you see, go crazy but here's the thing like it's locked behind like a like a check it's so like you have to succeed two kind of hard checks um so the second check it's a red check you can't retry it because you basically pull your authority on kim you pull rank and you're like i outrank you and the only thing i'm gonna pull rank on is to make you dance cut a rug kim um and it's an authority check, but if Kim likes you, like it's really high. Like I had a 97%, oh, I think, and I failed it, which I've never what? failed this check before. And if you fail the check, you blur it out and you call Kim a slur, <gasps> like, oh um, which is horrifying. No! Um, and it's like, the game doesn't give you the option to like back out of it. Like all you can do is say, so like there is no back button. Um, and I was like super horrified. I immediately saved scum. Cause that's never happened PC. to me before. I'm like, I'm not saying yeah. that. Like we won't dance if this is the alternative. So I put on my authority pants and I tried again. <laughs> but uh, um, out of curiosity, I went to YouTube and um, like all of you are having this great kind of dance moment. It's one of those magical moments in disco where it just feels like everything's going right and like you're healing skills. And this like brings the dance moment to a screeching halt. Like he like storms out of the church no! um, and you go out afterwards and basically you have the option to double down, which is horrific. You know, like if you're a fascist racist, then you might. Um, but for everything else, um, basically it's like Kim's like, you know, every, you know, I just was hoping not to deal with this because he's just so resigned that like, just like, because you, you know, are, you know, because you are white that it's like, even if you don't believe it, like that programming is still so deep that in the moment it blurts it. So like he forgives you, but like, you can just like, it's a breach of trust that can never quite be repaired because it's like, I guess you also think this, like even in this like heated moment, it's devastating. Like I, I, I had to take it back. I couldn't do it, but, um, was the slur it, it was bad a, re- a real slur or was it one of the in-game no no it was uh it, it wasn't even like a an in-game slur it was just like um but you could tell it was kind of in the way that like if you find the yellow man mug yeah. like it was like in that theme where it's like Obvious. you totally knew like what he was saying it wasn't like one of those oh this is a made-up word but I'm, it's standing in for what would like it was super obvious mm-hmm. and it is it is distressing as hell. I couldn't play through it. Because I thought that was interesting that the game makes up so many slurs and it's just, it's so interesting because it, it can sort of get away with it. There's, there's the F slur that it doesn't make. It doesn't change or well, yeah. there's a version of it. It sounds Italian that they use, but like, yeah. Um, but yeah. so much of the world, including a lot of the slurs and insults are fictionalized, which allows it to get away with a lot more, but I still felt uncomfortable. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to say it's like a fake one, but the K I P T yeah, like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, they kept using that. And I'm like, I think I, I think I know what that means. And it, it just it feels really wrong. Right. It feels really bad. But mm-hmm. I if they use the alternative, the real world alternative, there's no way they would get away with it, you know. Right. But um, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also curious about what happened in the big showdown with you guys. So we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but like, how did that play out for you guys? Who died? What did you do? Did you get shot? How many times? All that stuff. So for me, I made notes on this one. Um, uh, so we're talking about the, the quote unquote tribunal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we roll in and actually the game um, froze for me. Hmm. Oh, shit. And I was like waiting. It's like, we don't, you don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do this. Um, so I had to restart. And the funny thing is when I hit continue on the menu, it like threw me into dialogue. So I'm not sure what I may have missed. But, um, you know, there was conflict. I was trying to be logical and make like an argument and use rhetoric and that failed. Um, and so ultimately, uh, Titus, Glenn, Theo, Angus, and is it, what's the other guy's name? Shanky or something like wow. that? Wow. They all died? They all died. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, ah. But I was able to like yell out to Kim in time. So he was saved and I was shot one time. Okay. Yeah. I, I, did you, how did you, like, how did, did you shoot anyone? I tried. (laughs) (laughs) You failed. I don't think I shot. I don't think I actually hit anyone. Yeah. Cause, cause the, the, whoever the, the, like leader in that moment was i'm forgetting the dude's name but like i shot at him and he like laughed at me and he's like try that again and the option i got was like you could throw the gun and yell die or you could try to like shoot (laughs) (laughs) uh courtner is the leader Um, okay courtner uh but yeah so you know yeah i was so tempted to click you know, throw the gun at him and die (laughs) (laughs) so i had a molotov cocktail because and Paul and I were talking about this last night because I asked him if he like how he handled it too. And I'll let you talk through your scenario in a second, Paul. But earlier, so when we first started playing, Taylor, you said something about like, oh, are you wearing the necktie, the horrible necktie? Like, good. Like, you were happy that we were wearing it. And you said, oh, it provides some really funny insight. But at a certain point, I got like a bow tie that was pretty good. And I was like, I kind of want the stat boost and like, the horrible necktie, as Paul was mentioning last night, keeps telling me to do bad things. I'm like, I don't know if I need it. So I took it off and I was wearing this bow tie for a long time. And then at a certain point, the, the necktie starts talking to me again and is like, why are you not wearing me? Like, put me back on. You're going to need me in the end game. And I'm like, the fact that it's that end game, like made me feel like maybe I will need it. So I'm like, ah, all right. Like, I feel like I don't know that I need those stats anymore. So I'm going to put it back on. So I did put it back on and it's like, I'll, I'll tell you when you, when you need me. And I'm like, I think the game really is trying to get me to put it on. So I put it on and then you do the part with the, with Ruby, with that showdown. And we can talk about what happened there too, but what, you know, you finish that and then you're walking away and the necktie is like, now pull me out now. And I'm like, all right. And I just was listening to it. I was like blindly like, okay, so I take out the necktie and it's like, take out the bottle of alcohol. So if you, there's a certain side quest you do, you get a bottle of like 98% pure alcohol. So I got that and it's like, put me in the bottle. And I'm like, okay, so I'm putting in the bottle. And then Kim's like, I've got to ask, what are you doing? And you can say, I don't really know, but I'm about to find out. And that's what I said. You can say, in my family, you put a piece of clothing in some hard liquor and drink it for good luck. It's silly, but no harm done, right? I thought that was funny. Like, what a weird 
Why would you say that? <laughs> um, it says, okay, Kim, I didn't want to tell anyone, but my necktie has been talking to me lately. And I'm like, I think I know where that goes. I'm not going to say that. The last one, I this was one of my laugh out loud moments, though. You could say, mind your own business, Bino Clard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not say that, of course. But, um, can't, don't call, can't call Kim a right, beat. I know. Yeah, he gets so he's so annoyed by that. So I said, I don't really know, but I'm about to find out. But it just makes, and I knew what was happening. Like in the moment, I'm like, I'm making a Molotov cocktail. Um, but you just do that, and then you just have the spirit bomb. It's called, and when the fight happens, you can throw the Molotov cocktail at the scab leader. And so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Cause I was worried that my gun didn't have any ammo. Cause technically it shouldn't have. Cause when you, when you, you buy it or when you go to the pawn shop, the guy's like, yeah, it didn't have any ammo in it. Apparently you oh. have ammo on you. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you not, did you not find ammo somewhere? I found one bullet, but I didn't find like ammo. Um, it didn't matter. My gun had ammo cause Kim used it and shot and everything. But I, th- I did have to save scum like three or four times to get the Molotov to hit, even though I had like 70% <laughs> chance. I'm like, why the fuck is it not hitting this guy? But I finally hit him and he burned to death, but he did shoot me. So the way it worked for me was I, um, I threw, I threw the Molotov. I failed a check and allowed the other guy who was standing at the side to shoot me in the arm. So he shot me in the arm and then I threw the Molotov and hit the guy. He shot me in the leg. Um, I warned Kim, Kim shot, uh, the woman, and killed her, but uh, on, in mine, Glenn, Angus, and Theo died in the fight. So those were the three, but Titus lived. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- was it Shanky, you said? Shanky mm-hmm. lived, I think. And the gardener, whose name I'm forgetting, she lived as well. But in one of my failed checks, they did shoot the gardener when I was trying to throw the Molotov. So I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is serious. Like, people could die. Is there a scenario where everyone lives? Uh, no, I will tell you that, okay. um, Glenn, Angus and Theo, they will all die regardless. Uh, like that's the best you can do. Uh, um, I will say shit. too, uh, a fun moment. I literally, I'd never made the Molotov cocktail. I didn't know oh, that. Wow. Um, the, the, the run through where I was, I played with the tie on the whole time were the, my sober run throughs. And then the one time where I didn't do a sober run through, I drank the liquor before <laughs> going before going down there because you know yeah. electrochemistry was telling me to drink it so no i've never had that outcome it's super fun to hear about yeah I, i'm so I, this is why i love this game i've like played it through like i think five times now and i'm like damn that never happened to yeah, me yeah apparently it doesn't matter though because like he still shoots you paul you shared your scenario oh, paul yeah. what was yours oh, yeah so it started i did have by the way unprompted um i had the foresight to put on the armor underneath which mm-hmm. ended up helping quite a bit um but i went in and i tried to schmooze him and use my skills and that didn't work but i did get him super distracted and then this actually requires some backup so i was only playing as like an empathetic character but earlier in the game i'd encountered a pinball machine um in one of the rooms and it had a very difficult um hand eye coordination check um, and so I put points in there and I was so glad because the primary stat you need to roll to shoot him in the face was hand-eye coordination. <laughs> yes. So I distracted him and then I shot him in the face. 
<laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> like one second we were talking and then just like, blam. Yeah. Oh no. It was so great. And so I got him, but he was still able to shoot me in the leg, which was incredibly annoying. I'm like, I yeah. got you. You, how got dare you? you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. That and it sucks because like way early on, if you ask about the, like the, the pants as part of the uniform like the game is like the pants probably never even existed put them out of your mind you will never get them so even when you get the complete armor set the pants were never like so it's one of those like it was inevitable like you you cannot like you will always get shot like and there's nothing you can do to like prevent it even if you have like all the armor like at least the second time the armor does make a difference the first but yeah um, but i shot i shot yeah i shot him in the face then (laughs) things started so it's like a good sandwich it's like a goodness sandwich is what (laughs) happened so like start off really good i'm like oh my god this is incredible i'm like I'm, i'm doing it then i missed my check where I need to jump out of the way of the the masked guy who tries to kill you. Mm. But because I was wearing the chest armor, that negated it. Um in the narrator's description, like the it the the bullets were sort of the the power of them was distributed throughout the whole thing and like it just caused a little bit of damage. But then Kim took him out and then um the uh like, I get shot by that guy, and then I think that guy just, like, dies or whatever. And then, like, I did warn Kim, and then Kim killed the lady. And then I, uh, yeah, I only, yeah, I only lost the three that you need to lose. So it went well, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Which was good. Nice. Yeah. I have, I've connected you guys with my favorite fan art from that movement. Um which is Kim That's making the really shot cool. because it's great. Cause there's so many times where Kim is like, I'm not a good shot. I'm maybe a passable shot. Like, you know, I can't. So like him threat, like I remember the first time that I played the tribunal and it was like, Kim's got to make a one in a million shot against the one guy who's wearing his helmet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm fucked. And so to like, to, to realize that like he did it, I was like, I was almost more excited for Kim in that moment. Like, even though I was bleeding out, I was like, Kim, that was amazing. Yeah. Like amazing shot. Yeah. Like well, at least I, you won't have any regrets as I sit here and like bleed out. I, you have, know? I have a question about that though, as well. Cause one, yeah, it's, it's not only does he make a shot when he is a bad shot, but it's an incredible shot. Cause it's like, like through a little part of his helmet, but like there's a thing where they mentioned early on when you meet that guy that it's really hard to understand, but you can hear what he's saying. And there are moments where you can ask him like what he just said. Does that prompt him to like do anything with his helmet to like make that shot easier or possible? Or does he just like, is it just like a weird, like aggravating thing where he just gets angry? Not that I know of, although I mean, like, as we just realized, like, you know, I've played the game a bunch of times, but there's still things that I haven't discovered. Um, I've never been able to see or even hear about that, that guy beforehand. So, like, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I could also take a minute to talk about how absolutely morally bankrupt all of the mercenaries were, because <laughs> holy shit. Yes. Probably the the worst characters in the game, especially if you listen to some of the uh, some of the tapes that the Hardys give you. And I think at one point when you're talking to the actual murder, he says something about how um, during like the basically like the D Day where you know the the capitalists came in and massacred you know all of the communists. He says this really interesting line, which is you know the mass has to come off for them to kill everybody. And um, I think 
when you talk about Dolores Day and also like, you know, she looks very beautiful, also responsible for like massive genocides in Mesk. And then you um, then you get this moment, too, where like all of those mercenaries were hired by Wild Pines and Joyce just left you know, rather than deal with any of this. So I do think that it's interesting, like that the most violent acts in the game are perpetrated by like the moral intern, by the ultra liberals and by the capitalists. But and I think it's easy to miss because like, they're also, you know, they're distant and beautiful and not connected necessarily to the acts of violence that we're doing, but you know, like they're sure there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's like a powerful critique in the game of every single political ideology, getting back to your point, that the engine behind social change is horrific violence, you know, in all those cases, mm-hmm. like even amongst the the communist, you know, soldiers, right? Um, obviously, oh, yeah. the killer in the game, right, is that guy. So, I mean, yeah, I think that that is a powerful message. I will say, Joyce, I was pleased to hear, though, that um, when there weren't more, like, mercenaries showing up, it supposedly because somebody in White Pines is like, stopping that from happening and it's hinted yeah. at that it's Joyce. So I like to think cause mm-hmm. I, I got along yes. with Joyce pretty well. Like so Joyce I like to think lot. that it was her. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, I felt was... called out with how much I like Joyce yeah. as like a neoliberal <laughs> white woman. I was like, don't make me like her with her affable demeanor and her nice <laughs> pea coat. Like, right. how dare you? Like, I, like okay. It, again, sorry, not, not to really rapidly change the suspect, but uh, how about, how about that Klausia? How about that? Uh, the many interrogations of, of Klasha <laughs> and where you have that great who passed that volition check. The like, you know, which one? Yeah. Who, where, yeah. P- Paul, Paul, you, you go for it. Yeah. No, the one you passed it, Joe. It's the one where basically volition is like, listen, oh, everyone right. on this skill tree is not going to help you here. Yeah. Like they are all, they're all failing you. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. all just like sucked in. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Uh, I have to, I have to fess up though. I did do. I did a bad thing and I definitely arrested her, <laughs> which I regretted by the end of the game. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was so rough because like I was very sympathetic for a long time and I actually had to go back and redo the start of the confrontation during the conversation. Again, like in the, like when you first start it and you find out that she's left because and Kim's like, oh, we should have arrested her, and he feels like generally horrible for letting her get away. Um, because he's like, this is bad police work or whatever. But um, I was so frustrated because like she lies to you so often, and she's doing it defensively because she's like scared and and understandably scared. But she lies. She's throwing everyone under the bus. Like she's just like burning through people like fuel. All the Hardy Boys, you know, Ruby, um, and is so. Yeah, so such a frustrating character that way. And then when I found out when I was talking to Ruby too, and I found out that like she was like, Oh yeah, it was the Hardy Boys and Ruby's idea to fake the lynching or whatever, and they did that or whatever. And then you find out that it was her, I'm like, Oh my god, wait, so she knew what she was gonna do like right away. And what you end up kind of figuring out is like because she worked in corporate espionage, she's just like she has that talent of like cleaning cleaning up messes on the spot or so it seems but like it really made me think that she was like 
very much involved in the murder in a way that she really wasn't by the end of the investigation. So like, I was like, Kim saying it's a good idea. Um, at least in that moment, like when she escapes, I'm mad at her cause she led me to like chase down Ruby who was like totally innocent of, you know, that, that crime and like was not, was there with the other Hardy boys helping her. So then I'm like, gosh, like maybe there's going to be some later part of the game where I like have a conversation with her and I'll be glad that I arrested her and that she didn't get away. No, it was bad. I learned that it was bad later and, and what she was worried about came true. But yeah, I feel, I feel bad about that. When was the opportunity to arrest her? Um, so after you, you have to pass a check on the roof. It's a drama check, which I love. The drama checks in this game are great. The paranormal investigator one. My liege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. You pass a drama check and then you basically get her. And, and I mean, this is pretty intense too. Like, even if you don't arrest her, you make her think that you very well might choose to arrest her. And then she ends up spilling the beans, mm-hmm. kind of. Except and, they're not really except the they're beans. Fake beans. They're more fake beans, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, but yeah, then then you get the option, um, and yeah. How does she like respond when you arrest her? She's sad. I'm curious. She's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. sad, and like. Okay, so th- this is something that really interests me again, like, as the uh, several eth playthrough of the games, like, this game and gender and sexuality is interesting, because I'm assuming all of you finished the homosexual underground thought, maybe, I or did. you finished that thought, and it was great. Yeah. Um, but, like, two different women are murder suspects, and, like, the game forces their gender onto them in a way that it doesn't with like the with the Hardy Boys who are also murder suspects, and that like they're both put into these lenses. Like Klasha, like her entire gambit is sort of her using not necessarily her gender, but the way that she knows that Harry views her because she doesn't pull the same shit on Kim. So it's not something that it's saying like all men are. It's saying Harry is, which makes sense. We get the sense that like he's sort of this, you know, this type of person. But you actually have the same thing for Ruby because. Because, like, one of the things that you can mention to Ruby is, like, oh, you're gay. Did that have anything to do with it? And she's like, why the, like, why the fuck would that have anything to do with it? But, like, Klasha uses that sensationalism in hopes that you're going to poke her with it. And if you're, like, you know, a completionist dialogue person, you do. But there's never, like, you know, th- there's not that back and forth with, like, the Hardys. And even the Hardys, like, you know, both with Ruby and Klasha, they're very much, like, they see them as women first and then everything else second. And that view kind of bleeds in. So one of the things that frustrates me with Klasha is because I feel those moments where, like, I am not immune to propaganda. Like, um, in that I'm like, I arrest Klasha and I don't feel bad about it. And I don't feel bad because, like, there's a lot of things I can forgive, but, like, hanging out and, like, doing drugs for fundies with a child murderer, man... I don't, I don't, I think that's just too far for me. So, like, I don't feel bad that, like, I arrested her. But then Mm -hmm. I'm like, is that because, is that because, like, I'm conditioned to hate beautiful women? Because, like, the game gives you that option to be like, ah, women, though, you know, like, damn women, you know, like, they're all, you know, whores or they're all lie to you. And, like, Klasha plays into that. And it really, it interests me. I'm annoyed at the game because I think it kind of, like, sees through me a little. And it makes me, like, really defend that choice in a f- way that I feel like you wouldn't have to defend yourself if Klasha was a man. Yeah. You well, wouldn't be making those same sort of, like, you know? Well, and if a man had, like, pulled you around like that and you had justification to arrest him, like, 
you probably would, right? Like, but it's mm-hmm. it's weird. Well, not saying the fisticuffs with him, right? You yeah. get out your physical aggression, right. and you'd be like, "All right, we're now we're square now." <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know what 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 bullshit. I don't know. Well, also, I was gonna say with that reading in mind, did you really resonate when the killer is like, "I saw him on top of her," and I was like, "This is too far," <laughs> and I had to shoot him in the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were just thinking with your dick, which only worked because of the phasmid, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all, but also, yeah, like that. Once again, such an interesting parallel between him and, and Harry, right? Like this fixation on her as a character, and like violence and punishment, kind of you know being mixed in as well. Um, and that's where the, the the cop shit comes in, you know, where copness and sexuality collide <laughs> for for Harry and trauma. <laughs> yeah, we gotta know everybody's sexuality. We gotta yeah. know. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't arrest her, and I didn't know if that was the right or wrong decision, but Kim didn't yell at me. So for me, the way it worked was I had the conversation with her, and I started to arrest her. Like, I was like, I'm going to arrest you, and then she got scared and spilled the beans kind of thing. And Kim pulled out the handcuffs and everything. And then I didn't say, I'm going to let you off. I just said, I'll come back later and ask you questions. And then I went and did the Ruby stuff and came back, and then... She was just gone, uh, and she left a, a a note, and the note said, like, I lied to you, I'm sorry, I left a gift for you, and Kim seemed neutral about that, and then we went upstairs, and she had plotted out the trajectory of the bullet for you with uh, some string, mm-hmm. and that's the realization, I think, where where they, they make mention of, like, this, she's not just who she appears she's she has skills that she hasn't like revealed to us and i think i didn't really realize that she was a spy until later on they specifically say she was a spy like i got the sense that there was something going on like she was like playing people but i think even in that moment again like kim is like you know she has some skills that we're not you know that even we're we're surprised by or whatever so i didn't know and even now, still, I'm not sure if letting her go was the right or wrong decision, if there is a right or wrong decision. But hearing, Paul, what you said, that she ends up being killed by the people who were trying to track her down, I guess I feel like it was the right choice. But morally, as I was in the moment, I was like, I don't know, like she got away. And I technically, I guess I feel OK about it because like she was like jerking me around. But I also got the sense that cops are really corrupt in this game and they find people and arrest people for you know, not very much. And so I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to like, you know, arrest her just cause she's making me angry. So I, I let her go unknowingly kind of, um, but I didn't really know how to feel about it, but tab what you're nodding your head. Did you also let her go? I let her go. And I was very torn up until that moment of like, what should I do? But like you said, Kim didn't yell at me. So I was like, Okay, this is fine. I guess yeah. we'll see. If he would have yelled <laughs> at me, gotta be the Kim test, right? And he would have yeah. said it was a bad, cho- I, bad cop or uh, police work. I would have been like, oh shit. <laughs> I would have yeah. saved yeah. scum and be like, well, <laughs> right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. He said that at the my empathy thing. Said that <laughs> you know he was feeling that way in the beginning of the confrontation. So I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. No. Because uh, that's the other thing too. I on top of everything else, I was really not sure how she fit into the murder because like. The mm-hmm. fact that she's, it was her idea to stage the whole lynching and this guy in her room <laughs> ended up dead, you know, that she was with at that particular moment. Like, it was su- suspicious as hell. So, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
don't know. I think there. Yeah, she's an ambiguous character. There are reasons to arrest her and reasons not to arrest her. Um, but, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, damn it! Oh, I was gonna say. I don't want to end the episode that bring this up. Did you guys sing karaoke? No. No. Oh yeah, and I dedicated it to my partner. Kim. Yes, <laughs> oh! and, and he blushes if you do. Oh, no. oh, oh, yeah. Taylor, no, we were we were synced up. I did the same thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the first the first time I ever did it, I failed the karaoke check, but I saved scum to do it correctly this time. Yeah. Um, because you know you naturally have super low drama if you play with a high empathy character, but like I had to do it. And then the, had to the reptile it. voice sings it, which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Gosh. I don't think I ever found the, the the correct song. At one point, I think I confirmed what song it was, but it said that you needed to find the right song. And every time I went back, I didn't have the option to sing, so I just I just never got to it. But Tab, you didn't either. No, damn I didn't it. Get to it, damn. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta do it. Gotta, gotta have to do another. Play. I yeah. feel like yeah. If I were to play this again, I would come across so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I want to, like you said, we're, we're wrapping up. So I want to go through my notes. And one of the things, one of the moments that I had that was like a rush for me was when you finally break the Hardy boys. So I kept go- having to go in and talk to Titus and he keeps being really cocky and tight lipped and they're all like swinging their dicks around and being assholes and stuff. And I kept trying to play it really cool and careful. And I, I tried not to say anything too. Um, that would, that would, cause early on I did, I made the mistake of trying to, to stand up to them and be like, you know, you can't do, and they would just make fun of me. So then I kept trying to mm-hmm. play it really careful until you kind of break. Obviously it's not the real, you know, the real case, but once you find out that it's Ruby and you, and there's like this big climax with them, I felt it was the first time that I felt like a good detective in the entire game. Like up and up until then, I just felt like such a, a schlub and at that point in time i was i was wearing the pin maker uh, pinball makers um coat and dick mullen's hat so i looked like an old-timey detective (laughs) and everything and i was like i look like a real detective but i rolled for rhetoric to make titus open up and when they folded and they sent elizabeth out it made me especially because elizabeth was like the real stonewall there like that's not stonewall the real like block you know who kept them in check mm-hmm. i felt like i won and i felt like such a badass and i also love that titus's tone shifts immediately and i feel like you're su- like i don't know if you're supposed to but my relationship with them changed like we went from being contentious to kind of being partners like titus suddenly is talking to you like you guys are 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 on the same side you know like well let's figure this out and you can ask him questions and he's open and i just what go ahead I was just gonna say that's why, like, when he died, I was I was a little I, sad. Right? I was like, Fuck. Yeah, they did the thing. They they make you hate a character and then they twist it and they're like, because mm-hmm. kind of like, God him. damn it, you get yeah. the sense too. Because even though, yeah, when you first meet him, he's so they're so unlikable and they're so mean and like they're also like you don't know the full thing about the murder yet, so you're like, oh, they went out and like killed somebody, like like God, you know, like, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. you really do get the sense that they're invested in Revishal when nobody else is like the bigger union that they work for definitely isn't. And like, um, you know, the, the RCM even like they're, 
we're sort of like the, the 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 distant sort of invaders who are there because like a big company is like mercenary was killed. So like you can understand some of his prickliness. But I felt that way when he um with pigs, right? When pigs, you know, mm-hmm. you get your gun from her and then you realize her whole story. They know exactly who she is and they know who her family mm-hmm. is and they like take care of it. Who else in the right. game is doing that kind of work, you yeah. know? And it, it makes you appreciate you know, that they have, like, all these different facets, and one of them is, like, a genuine, you know, concern for, like, the people in the, the game. So, yeah. I, I, I ended up liking Titus way more than I ever thought I would by the end yeah. of the, the experience. Because you see the facade of, of that toxic mas- masculinity that they're using to keep people at bay. Because even in that thing where you go to them and you're like, hey, it's like, you're, even your subconscious is like, don't tell them it was your gun. Don't, you know, and they do make fun of you. They're like, oh, you want us to do your job for you or whatever. And you're like, oh, it's, and they're like, wait, was it pigs? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, that poor lady. Yeah. So like you said, like they're going to help her, but before they know the situation, they're making fun of you and they're like being again, sort of toxic. Um, I also love that he tells you that Ruby was afraid of you. And that's why she went into hiding. Cause she's like, he, you have a reputation for like turning suspects against each other. And then they realize the Hardy boys realize in the moment that that's what you did to Angus. And they're like, ah, oh, this guy's a genius. I was like, I am. I'm, I'm a golden God. Um, but I do. And you're like only on accident. <laughs> yeah. Joey wants the, the, the new um, title of genius cop to show up. That's yeah. right. Genius cop. That's you're right. a genius. Okay. Um, but I do want to say about Angus and this ties into something I had a feeling that I had the first time the first, in our first episode, but I, I didn't get around to mentioning it was when you meet Everard, um, like, I, I hated the fact that like when you first walk up to him and meet him, he's this big fat character and all of the fat stereotypes start coming out. He's like greedy. He's like, you know, cocky. And I, you know, it wasn't enough for me to be like, this game is fat phobic, but with Angus, I feel like that's really where it sort of bothered me because Angus's character was also treated very badly and to the point where like they treat him like a child and they're like, Oh, Oh, you, you have good attributes. You can, you're kind of smart. You know what I mean? Um, Titus does say something nice about him later. Something about like how he was like a big, strong guy or something like no, that. A, but, big, like, a big fat bear. Okay. Big, um, but yeah, yeah it seemed yeah, like it was meant I, to be I, sort it of. It was meant to be a compliment. Guy. I don't, I have to say, um, as, as a fat person, um, and this is true of so many video games, so I'm not by any means calling Disco Elysium out exclusively. Like th- this applies to a lot of games. It, it's there's a, a fair amount of fat phobia here, right. and I mean, Ever Claire, he is a fat cat. That is a very specific trope. You know, he's this fat character whose fatness is tied to like his corruption and his like position of authority. Um, and likewise, a fat Angus, like that's, those, those are fat stereotypes too, of like the yeah. big fat bumbling idiot, you know, character. And, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, it's, it, I, I love the game. I think it's amazing, but like, it, it's just, it, the, that, unfortunately, that's just in so much media that I consume generally. Or it's like fat phobia by erasure too. So like, we don't, we don't, we don't get any other, you know, kinds of, fat representation in the game unless they're serving those specific functions and right. it's just like even the bookstore owner, yeah the bookstore owner is is also fat and they also comment about her physicality and like i i think that's where it, it made me feel like if you have one character like that i can think 
wow, that's really lazy writing. You like leaned into the stereotype kind of thing. But when it, when I noticed that it was a pattern, because Elizabeth even says like on her way out, she like condemns Angus for being fat. She's like, why, why are you so fat? And I'm like, what is, why, what, what does that have to do with him giving into this conversation? It doesn't. So at that point for me, it felt like it wasn't lazy writing. It was like the creator's hate fat people is the feeling that I had. And that, that made me a little bit sad, but. Yeah. And an extra twist the knife to like, to have a game that like is hitting the mark on like so many nuanced mm-hmm. things. And then it just feels like this is like a glaring red target that they didn't even like throw a dart at. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it, it, like, I feel like for some media where it's like, Oh, you know, this is already like, you know, really problematic media or whatever. You don't expect anything, but you're like, I expected something from you. Like I had, I had expectations and you disappointed me. Like if you just would have not raised my hopes. Right. Cause it's not, it's not, it's not like other kinds of bigotry in the game where it's like a world where bigotry exists, but the game isn't endorsing it. It's like the game is pretty, you know, I think yeah, fairly endorsing absolutely. fat phobia. So it just, yeah, it stinks. Yes. And, and again, I, for, for my own take on it as someone who feels very, you know, immediately personally connected to those things, I still love the game. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up Joey because yeah, it, it did, you know, it was something I was thinking a lot about while I was playing it. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about it a little bit because I was like, I, I recognize stereotypes that I'd seen in other games. And so it's something that we want to talk about in a future episode. So in a future episode, I don't know when, but we're going to do an episode on, on fat phobia in games because as you said, Paul, you see it far more. And I don't hear, I never hear anyone talking about it. I hear people talking about racism and sexism and, and things like that. Um, but I've, I've never heard that conversation. So look forward to an episode about that. Any last minute things? Did I already, did I already talk about the gym teacher thing and how, how funny I thought that was? I think I did. Um, where Kim at the end was like, he's an honest to come, honest to God gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. I love that part yeah, so like much. Kim just like was yeah. like, you just get the effect like Kim's like, oh man, that's something I was bothering me and now it's satisfied. Yeah, he's so happy. He's like, it may, he's, cause I say something like, well, I guess it kind of makes, and he's like, no, everything makes sense. Your facial hair, your biceps, uh, the, your, your weird track jacket and stuff. I was like, damn, okay, Kim, calm down. Like, I, I, I get it. I was a gym teacher. Um, but I was also so happy about the phasmid because in the very end, you get to, there's a line where you can say something like, we need to go tell Lena about this. And your partner, Jean yes. is like, I guess it's on the way. So you get to go tell yeah. her and you get to show her the picture. She's going to be so happy. I was so excited about yeah. that. <laughs> yes. You're just like, especially cause like it leaves on such a bad note with Lena, Yeah, you know? And yeah. that's why I'm like, if you don't find the phasmid, like, I think it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's just. The, for me, like the, the phasmid is the soul of disco. It's like no matter how yeah. shit things are, like your persistence will be rewarded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but like in a really, really honest way. Well, it did also make me think too, because you had mentioned in the last episode, Taylor, that um, she was originally one of the characters that would like go with you on your trips, and like I can't help but imagine the version of the game where she's actually there when it like appears in front yeah. of you, and how like as magical as it was, oh, like to. You know, experience that and then know that you could tell her for her to be there would have been amazing. That would have right. been so awesome. But, but, right? You know what's really sad though is I'm thinking, what if she wasn't because like she's in a wheelchair? And what if there are areas oh. that are inaccessible to her, like this sandy beach? And she's like, oh, I'll stay in the house. You guys go ahead. And then you see that you're like, she even comments yeah. on that. She's like, it's not exactly accessible. Yeah. I can't go with you, is what she says. Yeah. So you're like yelling you know, back to the building, Lena, look out the window. There's a yeah. fire. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know that I said I don't want a sequel, and I don't. I, I don't want a sequel in the way that, like, I don't want them to rehash the same themes, but, like, the themes are so emblematic, like, to the game. I'm not even sure how they would, how they would move past. But I would love a game where you get to play as Kim, and you still have Harry for your partner. Because yeah. I want to see what Harry's shit looks like from the outside. <laughs> like, I want to just be, like, walking down the street, and Harry's just like, just a second, I gotta take off my tie and stuff it into this alcohol <laughs> bottle that, you know, I paid. And you're like, like... <laughs> must you <laughs> like it would it would be really fun to kind of see that and then to see lena because like, he has such a different way of seeing the world like um i think that there is uh stats on some of his skills um somewhere some of his the his skill set that he was supposed to have because it was going to be a different one. Oh wow yeah huh. he had like a whole different like ace was one genius loci mm. um he had he had a whole different um skill tree cool can you right, imagine well, he, he's haunted by the hubcaps that you saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, that's one of the voices that talked to him. <laughs> no, I Why would have looked you so cool. Yeah. On your car. <laughs> oh, I'll give I'll give you uh, one one last little Easter egg, which is if you guys decide to play a new game, apparently you can play in like hard mode or something, and there's an achievement that's called "Get Kim to Wear the Jacket." Oh, and you know the jackets—the jackets that you can yeah. steal from those people, yeah. right? So <laughs> here's here's the, just because they're like you know Zom likes to fuck with you. Um, it's not either of those jackets. It changes his jacket color to black in, in a new game instead of orange. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you can never actually get him to wear those jackets. There's no convincing him or no check you can do. But the game knows you want it so bad. So they're like, here we added a patch, and there's an achievement called "Get Kim to Wear the Jacket," and it just changes his fucking jacket. <laughs> I wonder if my game glitched a little bit then because I first of all I love that scenario. I love that you get to talk them out. It was so funny to me. But after I got them, I was already kind of like on my good cop path at that point. So I'm like, I'm not gonna but it gave me the option to try to convince Kim and I'm like, I have to do it. It's gonna be so funny. So I'm like Kim, let's wear him. We can be matching. And he's like, no. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with Piss Baby or whatever it was? And he's like, no. And he wouldn't do it. But then after I woke up from being shot. One of the things that I said to him was, you took off the piss baby jacket. And he's like, yeah. And he just leaves it at that. And I'm like, wait, what? He didn't have it on, though. So I'm, I was a little confused. <laughs> yeah, by that. I don't think so. I could be huh. wrong about that, but I, I don't think so. I don't know, because huh. I tried really hard to get him to wear that jacket. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are out of time. Any, any last minute things that, that we missed that anyone wants to just comment on, throw out there? I just want to thank Taylor for, um, pushing us yeah. a little bit, oh. nudging us to play this. Yeah. Was, yeah it was thanks awesome. for having me. It was, it was awesome. And I mean, now, uh, now you've all fulfilled your social obligation. I'll talk to you about Disco Elysium less, but I'll still talk to you just as much about <laughs> Kim Kitsuragi. <laughs> yeah, thank you for introducing us to Kim. It was awesome. Yes. I think the only other thing I'm curious, if you had to give it a rating out of 10, uh, oh. what, what would you give it? Oh man, I hate ratings, but. Yeah, I I would yeah. probably say either a ten or a nine point five. I mean, there it's it's hard to rate in part because like you only get to see a sliver. You know, there's so many different mm-hmm. things that I did not get to see that you didn't even get to see, Taylor. And you played it like three or four times. So, um, based on my playthrough and based on how fleshed out the world was and how impressive the writing was and the voice acting and the music, like I it, somewhere between probably nine point five and ten for me. I would give it a similar score, nine, 9.5. Um, but I could totally see playing it a few more times that going up to like a solid yeah. 10. 
10 out of 10, big B. Oh, I freaking just- loved it. <laughs> it was so good. I'm it's the- my kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> On the camera, you were okay. just dead-faced. So yeah, I, I just- thought you were like, well, seven is a pretty fair number. I think I, I like a three. Three is not it. here, Ron would have given it yeah. a four. Let's just, yeah. let's just be honest. <laughs> or like, it's like, it's a nine, yeah. but... And then no. all these things. <laughs> <laughs> not enough racism. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Paul. Uh, you were well, good. Oh yeah, no. Oh, I, I, I just love it. It's my kind of game. Um, I love like these dialogue, you know, branching narrative-driven experiences. Um, I loved all the clothing I got to wear. I thought the world was so rich and, and wonderful. And like, tonally, the game is all over the place in the best kind of way. It was super funny, dramatic, terrifying at different points. And yeah, I just, yeah, I love it. I think it's, it's incredible. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, 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 you know, we played it for the podcast because I, had seen it in the the PlayStation store and I had been like, oh, that looks really cool. But like, I don't know how long it would have taken me to check it out. So thank you, Taylor. Yeah. I I feel like I might've walked away from it because it was so dense and very depressing. I feel like I might've started it and been like, ah, man, this is too rough. I'll play it later. But I'm so glad that I pushed through and yeah, I'm I'm grateful to you for, for uh, introducing us to it. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm glad I get the I, I, get, I get the relaxation of you know you didn't have your friends waste you know 25 hours on something that they were like. Eh. <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad that the hype was not uh, hype for nothing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad that you all enjoyed it, and I it was just it was great to be able to replay the game and to experience it because it's a it's really a game that needs a discussion. I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see us having lots of discussions outside of the podcast about it still. So. Um, and thank you for listening. You can, of course, write in if you want to. Again, prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts about the game that you want to share, I'm sure we missed stuff. It's, a, again, a, a deep, rich game. So if you want to comment, please send us an email. You can find us on social media. I'm at Lost for Man on Twitter. Tab is at Random Mox on Twitter. Um, Taylor, you are at Kanafeta Kiko. That's correct. All right, and I'll put a link because the spelling is I, I can't when I say it out loud. Yeah, I'm like, is how do I spell that? I try to make myself as hard to find as possible. <laughs> That's definitely a great idea, right? Right. So I'll throw a link up in this so everyone can can find you. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. But but yeah, uh, thank you for listening so much, and we will catch you. Wait, now, wait. I don't have anything to add, but <gasps> oh my gosh, right out the window, you guys can't see it. It's a phasmid. Uh, They're real in what? real life, not just the game. Uh, what wait, does it look like? On. Wait, it's, it's, it's holding something. Oh. oh my, okay, I don't know how this is possible, because there are only digital versions of this available, but it's holding a copy of Thronebreaker. No. <gasps> oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> And it's it's communicating with me. Like Kim, you guys can't hear, but it's telling me it's an amazing game that everybody should check out, especially if they're Taylor. And wait, hold on. There's a little (laughs) bit more. There's a little bit more. Um, 
if you do play it or if you haven't played it yet, actually, that would be more preferable. I'm getting this from the, the Fast Man's figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you should send in some concept art or fa- sorry, not concept art, <laughs> fan art or concept art if you worked on this game. I would happily take it. So if that is CD Projekt Red developers or artists are on are listening to this, please send that in as well. Or like maybe a song or a poem or something and we'll send you a free copy of the game. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll get that across. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. It's leaving now, but um, that—that's yeah. Oh, who saw that wow. coming? You know, I, I, I doubted. I can't. I can't deny the. Pa- I can't deny the Phasmid, yeah. But uh, <laughs> right? yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be all Vic Mayer about this. I'm not going to pull a Vic Mayer. <laughs> so I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to, have to play, and then I'll, then I'll come back. Like after I play Thronebreaker, I'll be yeah. like, I'll yeah, be barred. Yeah, yeah. I'll be barred until then. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. We'll have you for Thronebreaker, and we have to have you for the Witcher Three one, which who knows when we're going to do that because we're still oh, thinking yeah. about the the remaster of it. But. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Again, we're going to take a one or two week hiatus. So keep an eye out for an episode in a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe three. And we will see you then. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye. 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 See ya.